Welcome to the Daily Dharma, a podcast where we draw inspiration from Buddhist philosophy on how to fix and better our lives. Join us as we dig through the archives of Buddhist texts, great teachers, and real life to grab an extra hit of wisdom to lift us up from the daily grind and find much needed peace. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Daily Dharma. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about anxiety and how sometimes the more conventional ways to deal with anxiety can be really difficult and can add to your stress instead of reducing it. And as a remedy or an alternative way to deal with anxiety, I'm going to share a story from Ajahn Brown's book, Don't Worry, Be Grumpy, about how he helped a really stressed out university student reduce her level of anxiety within herself. So first of all, to start, anxiety, I think, is a very prevalent part of many of our lives. We are anxious about our jobs, we're anxious about our partners, we're anxious about our bodies. I think in life, we're constantly being bombarded with signals of fear. We are supposed to fear this, we have to be cautious of that. And it's not necessarily that all of these fears are unjustified or it's unhealthy to think of these fears. I think when a lot of those fears accumulate and we start to focus on them too much, which is very easy to do when it is pretty much all that you hear from media and sometimes, unfortunately, from our friends and family as well, it's really easy to forget that anxiety and the caution is just to make your life safer, but it's not everything in life. It's not the only thing in life that you should focus on. So in dealing with anxiety, I think there's a lot of fear, um, especially regarding the future, um, especially regarding the things that we have and things might get worse and we don't want that to happen. And so we kind of become really anxious about what the what ifs of our lives. And in trying to deal with that, um, what we often do is essentially um, like one of two things. Either we try to rationalize the fear in our heads and kind of make it make it less scary. But when you're already in a state of anxiety and you're already not feeling so great, it's kind of easy for you um, when you're thinking and directly confronting your anxiety to magnify them and to think about even more anxieties and stresses that you should keep in mind. Um, Because when you're in a state of anxiety, to think about your anxiety tends to amplify it quite a bit. Um, So it's, it's also easy to kind of get lost in our heads when we think about our anxieties, because it's, it's, it's never one thing. It's always like a million different things piled onto each other. And there's always more and more and more. So like just thinking about it on our own, um, can lead to us feeling really, really lost and also more stressed out than before. Um, so this is one approach that sometimes doesn't really work um, because as, as much as we try to bring logic and, and um, rational thinking to our anxieties and we try to reason with ourselves that, hey, like, yes, so logically speaking, I'm probably not going to be hit by a car when I open the door, um, but it could happen. And it's, it's always, even if the chance is slim, I think when you're already in an anxious state, it's really difficult to convince yourself of otherwise. Um, 
So that's one approach that sometimes even I fall into and it's not great because I just become stuck in my own head and I just feel like, oh, there's no way out. I, I just have to be anxious. There's, there's no other way to be because that's all I see in my head. It's just anxiety everywhere. Um, and then the second approach that um, I also take as well unsuccessfully a lot um, is to try and describe this anxiety to other people and hope that they have some sort of um, either reference or perspective that could help us. And I'm not saying like talking to people about your anxiety is a bad thing. It's just, it's not always going to help you. Um, like there have been many times in my life where I'm deeply anxious and I'm essentially convinced that all I need to do is talk to my therapist about it or talk to a family member or a friend or a boyfriend and then it'll be fine. But lo and behold, sometimes the things they say make my anxiety worse or the the things that they say just don't really hit me at all. And in, in a way, it's just when it comes to people, like I think if someone says something or does something that actually helps your anxiety, that's luck. Like you're very lucky if that happens. But I think there are so many instances as where, well as like, and, and this is not a bad thing. Like this is just, you know, the anxiety in our heads is so unique and so it could be so easily just twisted into something that other people, it's so difficult to A, explain to other people, and then B, for other people to actually have something constructive um, and helpful to tell us. So I don't think it's necessarily um, a bad thing that other people are, are unable to help us um, with their anxiety. Oftentimes, um, the very least they can do is just show a bit of kindness and show that they care about us. And that can make us feel better, even though it doesn't really solve the root of the anxiety itself. Um, so I think talking to other people can easily make you feel better, um, but it's not a good way to constantly rely on others because you can't always expect people to know what to say or do um, to help you feel better um, because this is your anxiety after all. It's much better to find a way to try and handle it within yourself um, and to help yourself whenever you need it um, because there are also times where people are just not available to help. So this kind of leads into the story that I have by Ajahn Brahm. Uh, called, which is, let me just actually check the name. It's called Describing Anxiety. And essentially, what happened was several years back, he heard from someone who regularly attends his temple that this person's niece um, was just having such a bad case of anxiety. And this, this young girl was attending university, but she was so anxious about everything that she was bedridden and she could barely function. She was terrified to go outside. Uh, and this is pre-COVID. So I think like this whole idea of not being afraid to go outside is, is a much more common fear now due to COVID, but still something we can, we can all relate to. So she was often bedridden. She really could not function and be her best self because of her anxiety. It got in her way a lot. And most of the most days the way that she was able to function or at least like get through the day was with the help of her boyfriend who was really really helpful and i think for some of us we don't have that person so you know we we have to just struggle and struggle 
um, to deal with their anxiety because we don't have someone to help us. But in this case, she was lucky. She had someone to help her. But yet, even with someone to essentially help her whenever she needed, she was still unable to really fully function. So this person, this uncle, had told his niece to give Ajahn Brahm a call um, to try and see if he can actually help her um, with her anxiety when visiting doctors and going to therapists and psychologists did not help. And that's not to say doctors and and, and therapists and psychologists don't have anything to offer. In fact, I think therapy is an excellent way to help yourself and to become aware of like what's going on within you, including your anxiety, so that you have a greater understanding of yourself um, and how and and have a better understanding of like what is it that you actually need, what is it that you're suffering with, um, like moving forward. But anyways, that was kind of a bit of a segue. But in this particular case those remedies for whatever reason just just didn't work so she talked to Ajahn Brahm and Ajahn Brahm the first time she called said okay the first thing I want you to do is I want you to tell me where your anxiety is within your body and she said I don't know and so he said well that's all good why don't you think about it and then call me back when you do figure out where it is in your body so she's like okay and cut the phone. A few days later, he gets a call from um, this young girl. And she says, actually, I've really thought about it. And I can feel my anxiety is actually in my chest, in my lower chest. So, and then Ajahn Brahm said, awesome. So now you know where your anxiety is. Now, can you describe what that anxiety feels to me? And she said, oh, I'm not, I'm not sure I can describe it. I, I don't, I don't have those details. And he said, well, why don't you give it a try? And once you can describe your anxiety to me, give me another call. And so, as expected, several days later, she did give him a call. And she said, oh, I can, I hear, I have a pretty good description of the anxiety and here it is. So she gave him like a very detailed breakdown of exactly how her anxiety felt like in her chest. And then Ajahn Brahm said, okay, good. You know where the anxiety is in your body and you can you you also know what it feels like so the next place uh the next step to do is to actually apply some loving kindness towards the anxiety within your body so he asked her to essentially just put her hand on her anxiety and to be kind to it to apply to just kind of imagine kindness going from herself to herself um especially in the area where the anxiety was focused. So she did that and she called back for several days later and Ajahn Brahm said, well, so how, how did it go? What happened? How is your anxiety now? And she said that it, it's gotten a lot better. And I the most powerful tool that the story offers us is that every single emotion we experience has a physical counterpart in the body. Um, so if we're, when it comes to anxiety or sadness or stress, um, anxiety in particular, because that's the focus of the story, but every emotion has a physical counterpart. And that gives us an incredible tool because when we're unable to rationalize with or reason with or deal with our anxiety in our heads or by talking um, 
with other people, sometimes what we can do is just try to look for it in our bodies and figure out where it is and then try to describe it to ourselves. And then maybe by putting a hand or even in our thoughts, we can just give it some kindness and compassion and hope for the anxiety to lessen and to go away. And this is kind of a tool for us to just deal with our anxiety that isn't in a completely like psychological way. So it's so we're involving we're using our body as an instrument to better understand our anxiety and thus reduce it. And the person in the story that Ajahn Ram described, she actually started to get better a lot. And she went on to have like a very full life um, and even married the boyfriend that was taking care of her. So it's wonderful. But, you know, for the rest of us, really, sometimes nothing really like helps in terms of the advice you get from other people and the number of times you think about your anxiety. And what Ajahn Ram really describes is that like trying to locate it in your body and trying to describe the anxiety to yourself, what really, what that does is it makes you more aware of the anxiety in a way that's a little bit different than the first two techniques we described earlier. And when you're aware that it's like a physical part of your body, it becomes a little bit more approachable, it becomes less of this like unknown, unseen, un intangible th threat. It becomes a lot more easy for us to actually deal with. It becomes more manageable because just like a cut on our finger or like like a stubbed toe, like we realize that, okay, the problem is not with my whole body. It's not that everything is going wrong. It's that like my toe was stubbed. So the pain is there. So I just need to treat my toe or I need to put antibacterial cream and put a bandaid on my cut. So in the same way, the, locating the anxiety within the body just makes you understand that like, it's not all of you. It is a part of you. And just like any other physical ailment, you can actually treat it or at least lessen it and make it a little um, less severe by like putting your hand on top of your anxiety and just being kind to it, just like you would any other sore part of your body. So this tool is just a way to A, like grow more aware of where anxiety is um, in your body, how it feels, um, and how you're experiencing anxiety. And then also it's a way to actually use your hands and use your body to be kind to your anxiety and to give it some um, time and attention and compassion. And I think it's through the self-compassion and understanding that anxiety is like any pain or wound in your body. And all you need to do is just give it some TLC, just um, and some kindness, and then it'll slowly go away with time, with awareness, um, with some applied compassion, um, just to summarize. And like that just gives us another tool for us to deal with our anxiety that in a way that isn't completely psychological, um, and thus can make it a lot easier sometimes um, when the regular ways to deal with their anxiety are just not working for us. So I hope you enjoyed that story. I hope this technique of essentially locating the anxiety in your body and describing the anxiety to yourself and then putting your hand on it and just being kind to it um, or just trying to like think kind things 
about your anxiety while you were touching it with your hand or maybe even a pillow or just some something physical something like a gentle like positive um touch um like maybe i think another thing that might work is like some sort of like essential oil like i'm not an expert in this particular anxiety method but i think the key thing here is to use your body as an instrument to locate and understand your anxiety better and then even with like a tiny kind touch there is a chance that your anxiety will go down and it might even fade away um so and the best thing of all is that this is something you can do for yourself anytime and it doesn't cost a thing. And I think it's really important um, as a spiritual person to understand that there are so many dynamic ways to deal with their anxiety that does not involve like going on some sort of like crazy expensive retreat or doing an expensive like um, like I think the ability to reduce your stress is, is, should be very available to all of us um, through tools that are free and easy and accessible. Um, so that's why like, I thought, okay, this is a great tool to share. So I hope this becomes very useful for you um, when you feel really anxious. And I hope this story from Ajahn Brahm also warmed your heart. Um, and comes to mind in and when you feel anxious and you feel that talking to somebody or thinking about it is just not enough. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I really appreciate you spending this time with me and I hope you have an amazing week. Stay safe out there and until next time.